0: Welcome to Lou Palumbo's Between the Lines. Problem solving for our future. Lou. Common sense, logic, and reasoning. Lou. The man that can't stand hate and animus. Lou. Stimulating the thought process of America. Lou. Where being right is not political, it's factual. Lou. Providing real solutions in real time. And now,
1: here's your host, Lou Palumbo. Hello everyone, my name is Lou. I'm going to keep this informal. We're going to try to address some questions and emails today in this rather tumultuous society in which we live. Something I think that is worth discussing just very briefly to give you a little bit of entertainment. Apparently, um, the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, decided to erect a tent up in the district of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez right? Congresswoman from New York, rather outspoken little devil, highly intelligent, well-educated. Interestingly enough, he got a whole lot of pushback from her. And so now the master plan, if you're ready for this one, is to relocate it to a place called Randall's Island. There's only one problem with Randall's Island. There's only one bus that gets there, and you have to catch it on 126th Street and Lexington Avenue, which is can be a rather uh, i would say interesting place to navigate it's it's part of harlem so i'm just wondering once we get them on randall's island i guess they're going to take the the bus to and from 126th and lex and navigate the rest of the city i don't know what the master plan is you know i'm trying to figure out now that we've come to learn courtesy of uh Homeland Security, that the United States government, independent of notifying any governors or mayors or any elected officials or law enforcement officials, um, you know, uh, what are we doing with 1.7 million people you've dispersed across the country and continue to do so? We dropped 50 people in Martha's Vineyard. We have the deployment of the National Guard. You look at the borders, no one. The National Guard's only there because of Abbott right? Um, You know, we're we're just stepping all over ourselves and we can't seem to get out of our way. But the worst part about this conversation is it doesn't change from day to day. It's the same disturbing topics, um, the same disturbing questions. You know, at some point, we've got to start to embrace this notion of problem solving. So long story short, you know, we're now going to put them in tents in Randall's Island, which, by the way, is the fire academy for the New York city fire department and i don't know what this is about guys you know i i can only imagine uh that at some point if the conservative element the republicans gain control of this house and this senate you're likely to see impeachment of um, among others uh, alejandro mallorca homeland security head not doing much as far as addressing the borders, stating, stating the borders are broken and not broken. We can't figure out. We need a scorecard at this point to keep track of the players here. I also think a very close look needs to be, be given to uh, Garland, the Attorney General, primarily because of their remissful approach to protecting our United States Supreme Court justices during some rather unpopular rulings with the left. So... In any event, life goes on, you know, and I think at some point in time we need to sit down, put our differences aside, and try to figure out how we can come to some form of a reasonable uh, resolution, whether it's the borders or the crime in our cities, how we get our cities back, and, you know, interestingly enough, if any, anyone would like to have a sit down with me, I could explain to them how to go about this, because these are fixable problems. These are problems that are the byproducts of making mistakes for generations and maybe centuries. But it's not too late to get the genie back in the bottle. We just seem to enjoy, you know, allowing these problems to fester day in and day out. And unfortunately, it comes at the expense of our young people and the future of them and this country. So without further ado, um, you know, we're going to get on with the show, as they would say, and we're going to talk about these topics. I do want to just talk about the electric issue also, by the way, just one quick moment. If you're in California, there are... um, you know, electro, elect, there's power shortages. You know, there, there's not enough generation electricity to su- supply to meet the demand in California. I know this because I've had a home out there since '89. <clears throat> they don't want to build nuclear reactors. I don't blame them. You know, geologically, the state the state can be a little unsettled. It has fault lines. They have one, Diablo Canyon. Maybe it would help you if you went to the bordering state like Nevada and Arizona, sat down with their governors, and collaborated. Maybe under the auspices of the federal government, started building reactors out in these rather desolate areas that we call deserts that are geologically sound and start to power the whole West Coast. But why would we want to do that? Because that makes sense. That's right. We're against nuclear power. Let me break everyone's heart and tell you the following. All of the steam turbines that generate electricity are fueled first and foremost by fossil fuel and then nuclear power. So you got to get in the real world. And when you continue to grow the population of this country and the state of California, for example, did you never consider you might have to get them power and water and build an infrastructure which they lack also? You know, I always use this expression, the cuckoo has left the clock. In reference to Florida, the poor people in the southwest part of Florida, this is just a wake-up call, folks, as to exactly what nature is about and how unbridled it can be. You know, I've had the good fortune of working as a lifeguard on a beach up in New York on the Atlantic, and I've seen and experienced the power of the ocean. Oh, by the way, if you have an electric car, you can't power it. You know, although I will say one thing, this governor, boy, he's got an A game. He had all the assets in place to go back, and the power's up from after over 2.5 million people to only about (coughs) 400,000. They're operating without power. But if you have an electric car, it's a bit problematic. So, in any case, we go on with the show. Where I want to uh, take a quick break, and we're going to come back. And I think, based on the direction of the producer, Mr. Molander, we will um, get into uh caller or uh, email. I do want to just mention Buzzsprout and Instacart, Inst- Instacart who are sponsors. Um, I will just tell you. Uh, don't take me on my word. Go find out for yourself. This this podcast and many podcasts are built off that platform, Buzzsprout. And Instacart just works exactly as simply they state. You contact them via the phone you're on or computer and you order commodities and they have them delivered to your house from your grocery store. It's, you know, it's really, it works. And um, there are some special offers that they've set aside, uh, we've set aside for you. So um, please look into them and uh, I want to remind you that You need to be part of this conversation because the exercise is to try to take the country in a direction different than the one it is going. You can contact us at betweenthelines.tv. Email us, call us, send a pigeon with a note, do something. So we'll be right back, guys, and then we're going to go to our first caller, Tim
2: who is in San Diego. We'll be right back. If you're looking for peace of mind, look no further than Global Elite for your safety. Global Elite Security Force is made up of active and former law enforcement agents. Their force has worked at the federal, state, and local level. They are dedicated to providing the most professional, personal security, and investigative services available in the private sector. With offices nationwide and globally, this footprint gives Global Elite the ability to coordinate protection and security anywhere in the world. Think of of global elite protection services for special events, dignitaries, high-profile net worth individuals, and the entertainment industry security services, offering drones, weapons detection, shot sporting, chem biodetection, executive protection, surveillance, dignitary protection, threat assessment, private investigation, and cyber security. They are the experts in intelligence and private protection services. Go to globalelite.us.com. That's globalelite.us.com dot com to engage global elite hello
0: hey how's it
3: going
1: good good is this tim
3: it is yes sir
1: thanks for calling in buddy
3: yeah no problem thank you
1: where are you hanging these days
3: uh, i'm stationed out here in san diego right now
1: not not bad i understand from one of the producers on the show you were attached to a seal team or are you still currently or you were
3: uh, yes, sir. I am. I'm attached to basically all the SEAL teams on the West Coast right now. Um, I was, uh, I was attached to SEAL Team Five uh, for about two years. Did everything with them. Now I'm back at the uh, the headquarters working out with all the with all the teams.
1: Yeah, you're living one of these cutting edge lives. You know, I had something That's similar right? to that, but uh, attached to law enforcement and and the private security sector. So I further okay. understand that you're a weapons expert. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Oh, you and I should have a conversation off air.
3: That's great. That sounds great. I'm, my dad was, uh, he's still a police officer today. He's about 40 years in the force as well down in the, around Dallas area.
1: Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, Dallas, good city. Been there a number of times. Texas is a good state. Are you, are you born and raised in uh, Dallas, Tim? Oh, Texas? I am,
3: yes, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Hearst, Texas is where I was born and raised. So it's about, you know, several suburb inside Dallas, Fort Worth.
1: <coughs> How many years have you been attached to the Navy?
3: Uh, I'm actually about to celebrate my 12th anniversary in about a week.
1: Good for you. So you're a career man, huh?
3: So far, we'll see. It's taking care of my family. I got three little boys and, and a wife, so I just have a, a three-month-old right now, too. So. Here's
1: one for you. Would you encourage your children to follow in your footsteps?
3: Um, that's tough. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I never really grew up wanting to be in the military, but it does take care. It it builds character. Uh, you can build a beautiful family and, you know, stepping stone to, uh, basically (coughs) anything you want to do in life.
1: (coughs) Yeah. I, I, so you've been in 12 years, obviously you've been deployed overseas, I suspect. Yes, sir. Yeah. And I'm sure you have some interesting stories. Um, (laughs) Anything in yes. particular on your mind today, Tim?
3: Yes, sir. Uh, so basically, San Diego. You know, I don't have to really, you know, repeat myself on the, how you know inflation and how expensive it is right now to live in California. I know you you lived in California a number of years, correct? I beg your pardon. Did you live in California?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And and let me just give you a little backstory, Tim. I started visiting California around 1971 on a spring break when I was in college in New York. And I okay. fell in love with California, period. I mean, it, it was just a whole different place than what you're experiencing right now. It was like the land of milk and honey. It was really just quite incredible. And um, of I, I went every year for my vacation. 1973, I went in the police department. We used to get 27 paid working days, which I took all in one hit. With your RDOs, your regular days off, I was out there for two months. There's no state like the state of California. And there's a lot of beautiful states here, I mean. Without wow, question, yeah. but there's something about California, um, cumulative product of the weather. The people are very nice, um, even though my producer, who's from there, he's not. Don't get to, if you <laughs> talk to this guy. Stay away from him, Tim. Just, just trust me, buddy. <laughs> trust me. In any case, um, is right. there's, there's a lot of attributes there. It's been mismanaged, and you're starting to allude to it right now. You know. So I moved out there in '89. And I'm in the private security sector. I ran the Academy Awards. I ran the Golden Globes. I worked for a lot of people in the entertainment industry on the West Coast. And I have a very right. strong attachment to the place. I'd be living there right now except for what you just brought up, what it costs to right. live there. You can't afford to live there, work there, or own a business there. And it's just grossly mismanaged. And I'd love for Gavin Newsom to come onto the show so we could have a little bit of a civil ex, uh, exchange. And I just want to ask him some really interesting, simple questions that have solutions attached. So now that you heard a little I bit would, of my backstory, Tim, go on.
3: Yeah, I would 100% love to hear that, uh, that conversation with him as well on your show. Um, so basically, the military knows, you know, we don't get paid that much. Um, I'm in military housing which at the time was great, you know, moving here. Um, you know, kids, animals, you know, no utilities. I just lose all my BAH, which is about $2,900. Um, you know, you're not going to find anything, a house for $2,900 out here. Um, basically, the this last month, actually about a week ago, they implemented immediately $900 um, extra pay for housing, um, basically for relief for each family in the military out here in San Diego? Well, it comes in a form of your BAH, which is your basic housing allowance. So in mine and a lot of other people, junior sailors as well, um, in their case, that $900 is eaten by uh, Liberty Military Housing. Um, basically, now we're paying $3,900 instead of $2,900 or you know, $3,800 um and i think somebody actually took numbers the other day and all the housing um and it's it's quite it's it's about half a million dollars for the next 3 months uh well for per month that they're making extra um taking the relief money that the navy gave us and adding it into our rent so it's pretty sad
1: yeah it's an interesting critique of the country you know timus goes back to a constant observation I make I try not to use the word criticism I use the word observation we seem to have this propensity to take care of everyone but our own I would say this to you Tim if I were the president of this country or the governor of the state of California or attached to the military with any level of influence our military in particular would be paid considerably more and those who are in specialized areas like yourself like these special forces units even more above that because of the risk you take and um, the level of commitment but you know uh, unfortunately there's a lot of things in the country today tim that just don't make sense i mean you're just speaking to one of them right now you know if you Mm -hmm. look at the borders they're out of control you know you're texan by background texas is just rocking and rolling at that border um your major cities you can't visit you know um your foreign policy i'm sure you have some insight on this travesty in afghanistan with this withdrawal leaving all these women in young girls out to dry, you know, and then this economy, which we're speaking to directly, you know, you you just wonder how misguided people can be. And what's so interesting for you is you come from such a base of discipline and structure and clarity in thinking, because if you're not thinking that way, you end up dying. You know, these people operate with reckless abandonment, Tim, and they're flushing us all down the toilet. I do want to ask you, do your children go to school on base?
3: Uh, no, they do not, so... (laughs)
1: Were they, born, think, I, in, were they born in were they born in San Diego?
3: Uh so I have um two were born in San Diego, one was born in San Antonio.
1: Interesting. So. And your your wife is a Texan or where's she from?
3: Uh she was born and raised in Mexico. Okay. She um, she moved to Texas in two thousand one. Well, she moved to LA and then they flew into well, yeah, basically long story short, they arrived in Texas and uh grew up in Texas uh, since 2001, 2002. Um, I went ahead and got. she got citizenship here
1: in... You mean see, she Canada. didn't swim the Rio Grande?
3: <laughs> uh, pretty
1: close. Listen, but. Tim, an idea for you. You and I are going to meet in Mexico. And we're going to start giving swim lessons. you, <laughs> you hear me? Um, yeah, uh, I, I do want to ask you this question. I, I hope that your wife has taught your children to speak fluent Spanish. And you, by the way, while she was at it. Has she done right.
3: that? Uh, so my son uh, is in first grade. He's actually in a Spanish, uh, half Spanish, half English throughout the day. Um, so it is pretty cool that, and she does speak fluent to my kids. I took a number of years in high school. I, you know, I, I can understand most of it. I don't really speak it, but um, whenever we do go home once a year for family and stuff we stay with her mom and everything her mom and sister and they just speak fluent you know i'm sitting on the couch with the kids and they're just in the you know gossiping on at the kitchen table
1: yeah that's a good thing though you know the Uh, thing i would i would say to you tim if i could just give you some advice is that you're in 12 years in the military i would i would kind of stick it out you know what i'm saying as far as that goes and You know, because this is not a time, although I have to say this to you, there's a lot of jobs in the workplace right now, but none Mm -hmm. that I believe are appropriate for you. You know, I've always um, commented on the government and their failure to assimilate everyone who have been in special forces units into our society, and in particular, into our law enforcement community. I don't know why, like, when you detach, they give you a DD-214, the government doesn't approach you and say, hey, Tim, you know what, you'll take a month or two off, reacclimate to civilian life and then we want to kind of take all those skill sets you've developed and use them judiciously I might note because your mission statement is much different than ours in law enforcement and make you part of the law enforcement community you know Uh you know the the federal government has this tendency to want college educated uh, people you know and if you don't navigate this culture say with today with a college education it prevents you from getting a lot of jobs in the military FBI CIA um right secret service atf dea there's loads of them they should give you a waiver you know what i mean that's my that's what i would do you know i have to be honest with i'm surprised trump didn't do something like that because he loves law enforcement and he loves the military but there has to mm. be something at the end of the rainbow for you guys and it annoys the living hell out of me that there isn't you know you should be yeah. able to detach right now and have them assimilate you into this law enforcement community because you have a skill set. But I do want to say one thing, Tim. We use a lot of diplomacy, people, skills and service. You guys like to like neutralize people. So you gotta just change the agenda a slight bit when you that's come right. to work for us, if you understand what I'm saying. You know <laughs> Yeah. We, it's a whole that, different that, that mission that statement, true. but the skill sets are very similar and you cannot question the discipline that's attached love to it. our military and in particular special forces units. So yeah, I love um that. Any, any other, anything else you want to talk about? Because we're going to have to go to a break, Tim.
3: Yeah, just, I mean, I, I've, it's tough. You know, I'm listening to God right now and trying to figure out, you know, I pick orders in this month in October, figure out where I want to go, if I want to stay in. I do have a job opportunity to, uh, to, to, do, to join the private sector, basically, and uh, around Dallas to be uh, Ross Perot Jr.'s uh, private security. I have an in basically, into that field. So, you know, it's kind of
1: if you want some help, you know, navigating that, you know, you're going to have to negotiate, buddy, because I'm going to tell you this. I worked for a lot of big people, including cabinet members of the president of the United States. I worked for the executive office of the president. I protected a head of state over 22 years. I worked for Governor Schwarzenegger. When you go to work for people like that, you need to have a whole framework of what the boundaries are, because the thing you don't want to do is end up living their life. And I want to say this to you. Normally, if you're going to take on a protectee, Tim, you need a team of individuals to do that. You follow what I'm saying? So um, I contact Ryan, and he'll give you my mobile number, my personal number, and then you have a conversation with me because that's a great opportunity. But they've got to um, properly structure it. You know, they've got to salary you and give you a 401K and then have a um, um, – an understanding that if you go beyond 40 hours based on your salary, there's additional compensation. And when you go on the road, you're in forced standby. Have Ryan give you my number, and you call me, and I'll walk you through that. Because that's a good opportunity. That's a good family. And that can also okay. lead to other things because there's a thirst for guys like yourself. The thing I love the guys in the military. I, li- I have an aff- affection for the SEAL teams because I was a water guy. I spent 15 years on, a, on the Atlantic Ocean up in New York as a lifeguard at a place called Jones Beach. Um, I had friends of mine during my younger years that went into um, the SEAL teams. But have him give you my number and call me, and I'll help you structure that negotiation because that's what it is. You know, they may throw one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars salary at you, right? But if you find out you are working eighty hours a week and you are going on the road for two weeks at a time when needed, you got to start to divide the hours into the money. You don't want to be working for fifteen bucks an hour, Tim. You hear me? Please yes, take sir. take me up on that offer, and I'll help you walk you through that. And I also know people in the industry. So, uh, Tim, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come right back to you. And then I want to give you the floor again uh, to discuss some other things that might be uh, of interest to you. This is between the lines. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
3: Actually, I have to to go into work. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: No, it's been an honor to have you on the the phone. I respect you and what you're doing. And and take me up on the offer. And listen, leave no stone unturned, Tim. Look at this Ross Perot thing because there are other things out there also. And I have friends that own security companies that utilize backgrounds like like yours. I'm just telling you, I do. So I can direct you to some people. Okay, guys, going to take a quick break. Tim, good luck to you and your family. Stay safe. And we're going to be right back, guys. All
2: right. Thank
3: you. Have a great day. You too,
2: sir. Thank you. If you're looking for peace of mind, look no further than Global Elite for your safety. Global Elite Security Force is made up of active and former law enforcement agents. Their force has worked at the federal, state, and local level. They are dedicated to providing the most professional, personal security, and investigative services available in the private sector. With offices nationwide and globally, this footprint gives Global Elite the ability to coordinate protection and security anywhere in the world. Think of Global Elite Protection Services for special events, dignitaries, high-profile net worth individuals and the entertainment industry security services. Offering drones, weapons detection, shot sporting, chem biodetection, executive protection surveillance, dignitary protection, threat assessment, private investigation and cyber security. They are the experts in intelligence and private protection services. Go to globalelite.us.com That's globalelite.us.com to engage global elite.
0: Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast and found the process confusing and overwhelming? Well, let Studio Podcast Suites of Jacksonville make it easy for you. They have everything you need to record, produce, and distribute a professional sounding podcast. Studio Podcast Suites is Jacksonville's only five-star rated professional podcast studio rental and podcast service company. Studio Podcast Suites provides two clean and comfortable state-of-the-art recording suites for both audio and video podcast recording. They offer a complete menu of podcast services, including editing, podcast art, hosting, video, consulting, and more. Studio Podcast Suites. Jacksonville's premier professional podcast studio recording and podcast service company. Book your studio today at studiopodcastsuites.com. That's studiopodcastsuites, S-U-I-T-E-S, dot com. Studio Podcast Suites.
1: We're back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, before we go on to the next caller, Derek from Georgia, I, I want to just go back to this conversation about Florida and the efforts that are being made there by emergency services and volunteers. You would be shocked and overwhelmed to see how many people have stepped up to the plate and insinuated himself into this episode to help people, to rescue people. As you're probably aware, I believe the death toll is about 104 right now. Um, interestingly enough, they arrested four individuals uh, who were attempting to loot and commit burglary. I have my own way of dealing with that. Probably most people wouldn't like it, but you know you have to send out a message that just resonates and acts as the ultimate deterrent. You know, When you engage in this type of activity uh, during a natural disaster, they might consider just terminating you. That's, and I'm not kidding you when I say that. I don't know what you're thinking about when you prey on people who are at the bottom of the bottom, and your, your best thought is to go in there and further unravel their lives. You know, as far as this response, it's just I've never seen a response this effective in my life, honestly. And I've been around a lot. I've been in this community over 49 years, and I know some heavy hitters, and I was in New York City. I mean, I I was there for the World Trade Center, another unbelievable response. This was rather unique because of the nature of this this storm, you know, uh, difficult just to get there. But this governor, uh, DeSantis, he had all types of assets in place, air, land, sea, you know, he had everything staged on the perimeter of this of this episode so we could insert them, unlike Katrina, where nobody was really prepared for this. And fortunately, you know, there was a rumor that um, a levee or a dam was going to break down in that area, and it didn't. That's what killed Katrina, uh, New Orleans, by the way. That that dam broke, I, what was the, I think it was, P- Puts a Train or, of, of the, there was a, a body of water there, a lake, and it just flooded. It wasn't the hurricane, because what they're saying is that this hurricane was more intense than Katrina was, and I'll tell you right now: if you take a look at the pictures of Fort Myers Beach and um, Sanibel Island and some other areas, there's still massive amounts of water, and it's unrecognizable. You know, but guys, sit up and take notice. This is Mother Nature. There is no way you're going to outpower or overpower, um, you know, what what nature in the ocean is is. Um, can, you know. Can, can do it's just I can't explain it to you it's just it's it's almost unnerving to a point so um, our producer has a question he's asking about uh, the killing by a policeman a, a person threatening a police dog please allow me to inform you of the following those dogs that are assigned to those police officers are members of that agency and threatening that dog is the same as threatening the life of a human being that's the way they look at it you know these dogs there's a lot of investment that goes into them, an immense amount of training, um, not for just verbal commands, but through sign. I mean, I learned a lot about them, and I'm not a dog guy. I happen to be a little fearful of them. Those and horses, I stay in my lane. But, you know, you you point the gun at the head of a dog that's attached to the police department, could you know, you could end up on the wrong end of that of that gun yourself, and that's exactly what happened. You would hope that there would have been an option, but if you see the video... The gun was right at the head of the dog and the police officer had no choice. And they hold these dogs in the highest esteem, the same way they do with their mounted units. So not surprised. You know, I don't think that person anticipated that. And the other thing I considered was maybe this was a a suicide by cop. By doing that, maybe he knew that would trigger the police officer to terminate him, which is unfortunately what happened. So I'm going to move on now. Um, Derek from Georgia is asking me, Donald Trump is suing CNN claiming defamation and seeking punitive damages of $475 million. He claims they smeared him and, with defamatory labels as racist, Russian, lackey, and Hitler. Trump, Trump claims that they ramped up its attacks in recent uh, months because the network feared that he would run for office, run for president again in 2024. Does this lawsuit have any merit? And will CNN back off attacking him? Um, there is no question that the media, not just CNN, has improperly uh, portrayed him. They've depicted him in a less than um, accurate way. There is something in the law regarding public figures. You do not have the same legal recourse in suing people for defamation, number one. Uh, number two, You know, Trump would have to proved damages you can throw 475 million dollars out there but the former president would have to establish what the damages were how it impacted his livelihood i'm surprised he's not suing him for intentional infliction of emotional distress to be very candid with you because that's cer- certainly certainly something that should be considered unfortunately this is just symptomatic of a much bigger problem the media is really not consider uh, concerned about being unbiased They've decided to take on the political mantle of their favorite political party. And that's of what's part, a big part of what's wrong in the country today. The messaging is all wrong. The credibility in the media is all but evaporated. And along along with a lot of our uh, elected officials. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I I don't know if the case will go forward. I think maybe he's trying to make a point. The really tragic discussion attached to cnn was that back in the 90s in particular when i started working for this company turner broadcasting and cnn in 1996 it was the benchmark for responsible news reporting it really was and then suddenly a political entity got control of it and i'm not going to throw names around doesn't matter i'm just going to tell you the truth and the agenda of that network changed it became more in alignment with msnbc What's interesting about both of these networks, for example, is that there there is little or no coverage as to what's going on at the border. And the border is being saturated uh, by, by Fox. And so much so, and I know this is a little bit of a tangent, I'm going to go back to the Trump discussion in a second, that the federal government is expressing concerns about one young man, Fallujah, I think the young guy's name is, who's just hammering at them with the facts and the truth attached to what's going on at the southern border. As far as Mr. Trump goes... You know, these are media outlets. They're supposed to be truthful and unbiased. And clearly they have not been. But as I mentioned to you before, um, the motivation um, behind these attacks might be something as simple as being fearful of him running again. Because, you know, let me, I tell you a thing about human nature. This is really interesting. When you go through life, you'll meet people that... You have such a disdain for them that no matter how much they have that you need, you don't want it, you won't take it. You just want to discard them. We saw that in 2020. People were just tired of the lack of reverence, the lack of demeanor and decorum demonstrated by Donald Trump. He has to take responsibility. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not telling you I'm anti-Trump, pro-Trump. Sorry, folks, not going down that road. But he's got to take responsibility. Well, along comes the 2020 election. And from the time Joe Biden has gotten into office, your price of gasoline has gone through the roof. Your cost of living is at an all-time high over 40 or 50 years. We had a disgraceful, deplorable withdrawal from Afghanistan. Your borders have gone to hell in a handbasket to where they estimate about 4.5 million people have crossed into this country illegally. 900,000 of those gotaways, individuals that had no encounter with our border patrol or immigration, went undetected. Not undetected unengaged. There's a different discussion there. Um, your major cities don't know what to say to you. You know, so people are now going like this. We don't care what a lunatic Trump is. Just put him back in office so we can get gas back in alignment, get the cost of, of uh, um, commodities and supermarkets lowered, bring this border back into some sensible structure that we're not stopping migration, but we're allowing it to take place at a level that we can vet no one's being vetted there and our foreign policies. What people don't know about Trump and Afghanistan is the following. If you listen to the generals, not Trump, Trump kind of told them this. We're going to pull out of Afghanistan and we're going to make an agreement. You deviate from what we agree, I know where you live. And believe me, Donald Trump would follow through, period, end of discussion. So the media is concerned about him. They hear his footsteps. The reason you're hearing about Ron DeSantis all the time now is because they hear his footsteps And to be very candid with you, not to get into a whole political dissertation here, but there's a generation of elected officials or people that call them self-leadership, which is almost like an oxymoron because they're not. Trump, Clinton, McConnell, Schumer, Nadler, um, Adam Schiff. There's a whole generation of them, both sides of the aisle, that are toxic And for whatever reason, maybe it's because they're so demographically down the road that they don't understand the implication of their lack of responsibility. Right? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you're just too damn old. Maybe it's time to pass the torch. Listen, folks, I had a life. When you're in law enforcement and you can run, jump, and skip, eventually there's a day you can't do it. You need to pass the torch. I worked as a lifeguard. There was no job as exhilarating like that, playing in the ocean and hurricane surf and saving people's lives. You have windows in in your life. They open and they close. A lot of these people, their window is closed. Diane Feinstein is 87 years old and it's being reported consistently that her faculties are all but gone, but she just won't let go. Nancy Pelosi's 83. Let it go. Biden is pushing 80. Let it go. Trump too. I'm not taking any prisoners here. I'm telling you the truth because it's about what's in the best interest of our young people. Their agenda is not consistent with what's in in the best interests of our young people. We need to bring back some credibility and truth to this system. We've sucked the integrity and the truth completely out of it. And I go back to you again with the media. Here we go again, CNN, right? You have a responsibility. Where's the oversight with them? You know, if they say something about Donald Trump that's just completely fabricated, which has happened, I might note. They latch on to any song or dance that lends itself to demeaning this man or ridiculing him. I know you don't like him, but that's not an excuse to piss caution to the wind in your reporting. You look at one episode after the other, they went after him with Russian collusion. You know, we got this crossfire hurricane investigation, only to find out it was a bust. We spent an enormous amount of money of the taxpayers and distracted this country from things going on that were critically important like our foreign policy, that, by the way, whether you like Trump or not, he did some good things. At the same time, he addressed an issue of manufacturing being brought back into the country. He did some good things. That doesn't license CNN to malign him because, you know, he didn't exactly walk and talk the way they should have. I kid around going, we didn't send him to finishing school. I want to tell CNN this thing. Two wrongs never make a right. Things that Donald Trump did and said at times were inappropriate. The things you're doing right now, they say, never become that which you despise. And that's what we have going on in the media. This thing with the borders is just confounding. You can't get a clip a clip of it from CNN or MSNBC as to the gravity of this problem. But if you dump 50 people in Martha's Vineyard, we got film coverage. You put them in New York City. We got stories on top of stories. What Abbott And DeSantis was were doing and are doing is bringing to light the scope of this problem. They sat there for over a year and contained this. Which, by the way, at the same time, the government dispersed 1.7 million people, according to Homeland Security, who illegally breached our borders in the middle of the night. They dropped them in Westchester, in Jacksonville, Florida, in Nashville, Tennessee, in Phoenix, Arizona. Irrefutable. I'm not telling you this is a politician. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm an American. And more importantly, I'm a father. And to all of you that are out there that have children, start thinking about your children when you go to vote. And please go out and vote. This is our defining moment next month, November 8th. Whether this country goes on in a, in a positive fashion or it doesn't. And I've looked at what's taken place in this administration in, in 19 months or 20 months, whatever it is. And if this is the forecast of what's... If they, what's going to happen if they continue to control the House and the Senate? You can kiss the country goodbye. We're going to take a quick break, guys. We'll be right back. Do some emails, phones, whoever we have lined up. This between the lines. I encourage you to call us betweenthelines.tv or email it if it's more convenient for you. We'll be right back, guys.
0: Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast and found the process confusing and overwhelming? Well, let Studio Podcast Suites of Jacksonville make it easy for you. They have everything you need to record, produce, and distribute a professional-sounding podcast studio podcast suites is jacksonville's only five-star rated professional podcast studio rental and podcast service company studio podcast suites provides two clean and comfortable state-of-the-art recording suites for both audio and video podcast recording they offer a complete menu of podcast services including editing podcast art hosting video consulting and more studio podcast suites Jacksonville's premier professional podcast studio recording and podcast service company. Book your studio today at studiopodcastsuites.com. That's studiopodcastsuites, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Studio Podcast Suites.
1: We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and I have a young lady, Lisa, from Santa Clarita, asking me the following. My thoughts and prayers are with Florida after this hurricane, Ian, uh, Ian's devastation. We will now see a mass exodus from Florida, even though this was called a 100-year storm. It seems nowhere is safe anymore. Crime in the major cities, flooding in the south, droughts in the Midwest, unbearable heat out west. I would say that's fairly accurate observation, but that's just something that's always been there. This is nothing new. You just have to learn to adjust. And and the thing I would say to you is that... um, we are, we are advised and given, you know, direction as to where we should build or not build. You know, if you go out to California, they build in the canyons. They tell you don't build in the canyons. There isn't a sufficient um, amount of water in the canyons or infrastructure to support fire apparatus. I know that firsthand because I lived in Malibu and I spoke to firefighters that were fighting fires in the Malibu Canyon and Canaan Doom. They tell you don't build. They tell you don't build on the ocean. And we're just not listening. So these 100-year storms, you know, it it doesn't matter how frequent they are. They're devastating. And as long as you're prepared to roll the dice and take the risk, regardless of where you want to live, that's just the way it is. There are places to go that are geologically more stable than others. For example, the Northeast. You seldom have any of these episodes up there. The hurricanes, when they get up there, are usually dying down because the water temperature is much cooler. And we all have come to learn that the warmth of the water fuels and feeds the intensity of the winds. So when you go further north, water cools down, the hurricanes die down. There are no earthquakes up there, for the most part. It is not hot and arid as it is out west. And, you know, interestingly enough, a lot of these problems that you, that you just mentioned in this, in this email question can be mitigated. You know, there's ways to address the water. There's ways to address the energy. We just don't seem to think it's important because we're distracted and preoccupied with trying to control the country. How about you just control the state you're in? As far as Florida goes and and a mass exodus, I'm not sure that's going to occur. It may may very well happen. I suspect that there are areas along the Gulf of Mexico where this hurricane took place that, that will never be the same. You know, I don't think people would ever rebuild them, although I said that with Katrina in New Orleans, which is below sea level, about six or eight feet, and they rebuild. And I have gentlemen in law enforcement that live in Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, and and I say to them, you know, where do the poor people go after these disasters? Their response is they don't leave. It's their home. They rebuild. Maybe that's what we're going to experience here. But you just have to take notice. If it's California, you're going to have possibly excessive heat and water droughts electricity shortages, earthquakes. If you're living in Arkansas, which is where my mom was from, or Tennessee or any number of states, what we call Tornado Alley, you just have to know where you're living. You know, there you can mitigate it by building subterraneal if the but you're still gonna have your whole house decimated. You know, this is Mother Nature and there's no way to get around it. And I just say to you, if these things wear on you, then you should pick a place that is more geologically stable, so you're less likely to have any of these occurrences. Hope that answered that question, and above all things, stay calm. Never panic. Panic gets you nothing. any case, um, uh, we're going to go to another, I believe, uh, uh, question from a gentleman, Paul from Eagle Rock, Texas. Last week, you and Karen spoke about the migrants on Martha's Vineyard, but what's missing from the conversation are the unaccompanied migrant children. The number is approximately 267,000 since Biden took office, and now we're here in the U.S. Where do we go? Where do they go? Who cares for them? Where are their parents? Really good questions. You know, in in a much broader sense, where have all of 4 million-plus people gone um, that have come across the border illegally? You're right. 267,000 children have been allowed to come into the country who may be just wandering around. I hope that isn't the case. I do believe organizations like Catholic Charities, for example, they take them in, they watch out for them. There are a number of mechanisms in place that will foster children. Not that this is the best thing for them to be candid with you. It's never good when you leave your family. You know, it's, it's a whole conversation that, that conditions are so bad in some of these countries in Central and South America to start with that they would allow their children to come here without them so they have a shot at life. That's a really interesting concept to wrap your arms around. But as far as who's caring for them, I hope we are, you know, especially if they're children. Um, You know, I have a safe place and uh, a, a special place in my heart for children and young people in general. So... Um, we need to kind of transition right now into a little bit of a discussion with the Ukraine. And next week, I would encourage you to listen because I'm going to have a gentleman by the name of Elliot Ackerman. Google him. It'll tell you the rest without me speaking much further about him. But this is going to be an interesting podcast next week. You know, we're still hearing the saber rattling and discussions about this nuclear threat and um, the annexation that um, Putin has spoken to. Um, one thing I do want to remind everyone is that Europe was cautioned by people, among others Donald Trump, not to get involved with Russia because of their, their reliability, and now they're experiencing it. Could have an interesting winter to start with this conversation. In reference to this nuclear threat, the thing I'm going to tell you about this man is that he is not going to leave that country um, in disgrace. I think the exercise right now is to try to figure out how to allow him to save face. That's really it in a nutshell. If you're asking me, is is he capable of deploying a tactical nuclear device, my assessment of him based on what I understand of him, reading, speaking to people in the intelligence community, yes, yep. He's not going to leave there with his head down. He's not going to be leaving there humiliated. That's not happening. And I don't think this guy really cares about his own people. What's really interesting about this conversation is when you listen to this discussion about response by our country and NATO. By the way, just to remind you, Finland and Sweden are not NATO members just yet, so there's only 27 of them Um, in Europe. There's a total of 30 globally. But the response is going to be, we're going to annihilate his military. I wonder if people realize that there's a whole bunch of people in his military that don't want to be there. And I hope this doesn't lend itself to, like, bombing their mainland because I'll tell you something I've learned about people in traveling, especially foreign countries. The people in Iran are not necessarily aligned with the political agenda of their leadership. Same thing in Russia. We're finding out here many of our people are not politically aligned with the agenda of our elected officials and our media. We're all just people passing by, folks. Many people here are just trying to get through the day. They have families and jobs. They need, they're need. they considering feeding their children and housing and medicine when the kids get sick. They're not immersed in this political scene. This is a microcosm of countries that is steering the direction of these countries. Ours is no different. Um, question has come up. Should we deport all Russians until the war is over? Well... I don't think that's the answer, guys. You know, I don't think we need to add salt in the wound. I don't think we need to engage in anything that might be an egregious injustice. I would think that our intelligence community is probably aware of anyone in this country, regardless of its origin, that might represent some form of a threat. You know, just to remind you at the borders, we're being informed that people are breaching that southern border for I think it's 113 or 118 countries, you know – It's not just people from Central and South America and Mexico. And Mexicans are not coming in here in numbers that people think either, just for the record, so we're clear. In fact, a lot of Mexicans are repatriating. They're going back to Mexico because the cuckoo left the cock here. Um, You know, as far as the end of this war, this incursion, I just think at some point they should try to reach out and, and engage in some compromise. Maybe it's the relinquishing of certain land masses that are bordering Russia, you know, a very small concession, although that can be construed as selling out the people that are living there. It's a tough one, you know. But I do think, you know, the one thing you have to demonstrate right now is strength and resolve. And maybe this isn't going to have a happy ending, ladies and gentlemen. That's a possible likelihood. But the only way to back him down, and I tell this to people all the time, when when people act crazy and threatening, you sometimes need to introduce them as to what exactly threatening and crazy can be really be like maybe this government and the governments across this planet need to sit there and go don't go down this road because the response from all of us will basically lend itself to your annihilation in totality there's there's another you know question also about you know people that may be out trying to neutralize him i wouldn't doubt that for one second it went on with hitler who had a similar mentality to this man and I suspect it's going on with with Putin which is why you can't get near him um, interesting tag on to this thing is China you know I'm sure China's watching this and realizing this may have been a little ill-conceived and this may be why they have not gone into Taiwan I don't think China at the end of the day wants to upset their Apple cart any more than it already is financially you know they've got a a good sphere of influence in our country, which is unhealthy for us. Another discussion, folks. Um, And I think they're learning from this mistake. For those of you who haven't followed the news, North Korea recently fired a missile over the mainland of Japan. I would say that's tantamount to an act of war in most worlds. You know, I think the key thing is not to overreact, especially in light of the climate in which we live. You know, what I am concerned about is that those on the outside, whether it's countries like North Korea, Korea, Iran, China, Russia, are looking at us and starting to see all of the instability here and the lack of leadership. And I don't say that to be unkind towards Joe Biden. It's just the truth. This is not John F. Kennedy, who is who we need today. And by the way, he's a Democrat. And I would tell you that's the answer to the problem today. Someone has a resounding, a resounding calm and influence over people. He was just amazing what this guy was able to do. I was fortunate enough to be alive through his administration and afterwards to study him closely and to see this man grow into this job and become a leader. He really was. And he was a leader of America, not the Democrats or the Republicans. He was the leader of this country, and everybody loved this man. Maybe that's why we whacked him. Maybe he got too powerful. Guys, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back and... uh, Maybe take a look uh, at another email or question, or maybe I'll just discuss some things that are nagging the
2: country. We'll be right back. Stay with me. If you're looking for peace of mind, look no further than Global Elite for your safety. Global Elite Security Force is made up of active and former law enforcement agents. Their force has worked at the federal, state, and local level. They are dedicated to providing the most professional, personal security, and investigative services available in the private sector. With offices nationwide and globally, this footprint gives Global Elite the ability to coordinate protection and security anywhere in the world. Think of Global Elite Protection Services for special events, dignitaries, high-profile net-worth individuals, and the entertainment industry security services. Offering drones, weapons detection, shot sporting, chem biodetection, executive protection surveillance, dignitary protection, threat assessment, private investigation, and cyber security. They are the experts in intelligence and private protection services. Go to GlobalElite.us.com. That's GlobalElite.us. We're
1: back, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm just going to, some closing remarks and food for thought, which is what this show is really about. I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for or spoon-feed you, and I caution you not to be spoon-fed by the media outlets you're listening to today, regardless of which one. You know, what's going on in our major cities is just troubling, You know, the random violence, the risk you take just going out the door, whether it's New York, Chicago, Baltimore, Philly, D.C., L.A., San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Milwaukee, Minneapolis. I miss a place or two? You hear what I'm saying. And there's a way to get this genie back in the bottle. And the thing people have to understand is we need to go in and um, convince the residents in these jurisdictions that we want to change things for them. And there's a way to do that. And this is again a criticism of mine of the Republican Party. They need to soften their stance and become a little more, I'd say, touchy feely with issues that are socially related. But if you understand New York, for example, New York is a minority city now. Period. End of discussion. It's the truth. Well, how about you know we start to dedicate some money and some manpower into our neighborhoods that are minority driven and indigent and. Um, Additionally, reach out to their, their pastors and their parishes and their elected local officials and start to sit down and put our heads together and, and take the conversation in a different direction and convince them to vote for people that are going to protect them. Because in case they haven't figured it out, it isn't the powers to be. And I'm not saying this as a Republican. I'm saying this a Republican. I'm saying this to you as an American. It's a Democratic Party. You've been had. Period. End of discussion. We threw uh, welfare at you and all these entitlement programs and reverse discrimination and everything you want to think about, but we haven't helped you. We, we further uh, uh, encumber you in your growth. This is simple. We need to get into these communities, saturate them with money and bodies. And we're going to continue that conversation next week if we have time, although I remind you... Elliot Ackerman will be on next week. And you can listen to my show, by the way, Monday and Tuesdays on WBOB from 5 to 6, live at 600 a.m. 101.1 FM. I want to thank everyone for listening today, and I continue to, you know, ask you to become part of this conversation. Thank you so much, guys. See you next week.